two dubs, and we're headed into the biggest week of the season so far. If you can't get up for this one, you don't have a pulse. It's Spurs week here on Chelsea Miked Up. We will celebrate the upcoming fixture with arguably Chelsea's fiercest rival in all of world football right now by bringing on the enemy, Mina Kimes, dastardly Mina Kimes, and her adorable pure of heart mother who is the owner of the most innocent Twitter account in the world they must follow. We will talk to Mina and Sunmin Kimes on this episode of Chelsea Miked Up, as well as break down Newcastle and Ren and preview the match of the season. Vamos! Neutral observer Chris Whittingham, we have a massive Spurs week and a massive giveaway I know there's a lot of people coming to this pod for the first time. This is the official Chelsea podcast. If you would do us a favor, before I give you what you want, I know you want a jersey, okay? (laughs) Just let me get this out of the way. You came here for the jersey. I promise you I will do my part. Now do yours. Hit subscribe. Give us a five-star rating and a review. Say, hey, I got a promo code off this podcast. Thumbs up. I don't care. I'd like for you to listen to this entire pod because we got a good one. It's Spurs Week. Before we get the hype train rolling, because this is one versus three, and it just so happens to be probably the fiercest rivalry, let's discuss Champions League football, and maybe the most recent match against Newcastle, and maybe, just maybe, you'll get your Christian Pulisic jersey code. Okay, folks, I can feel it. I can, I can feel you. They're breathing down my neck right now, but, but first, I, we need to give you some expert analysis from the neutral observer. <laughs> Chris, I thought Chelsea looked bored in their match against Newcastle, a little bored in this match against Wren, and it seems as though Chelsea have a side that has learned we're pretty good and we can just flip this switch on and get a result. Your takeaways from the Champions League match in France. I thought Wren were pretty tough on the day. I thought that from a tactical standpoint, they set up to really try and frustrate Chelsea and their build-up in a way that Premier League sides just don't. I think Premier League sides are more okay with conceding to the threats of Chelsea and don't try and kind of drown it out from where it begins. And I think Wren were really kind of lined up in a midfield five to try and suffocate Chelsea's distribution a bit. And I think in the second half, they just kind of took control of the ball and made life difficult. All credit to Mason Mount for unlocking that defense, and it really seemed like the ball over the top was there, and he went and found it for Callum Hudson-Odoi. And then, as you mentioned, that ability to summon a response, right, is not something that we were familiar with last season, where you just sort of knew that someone was going to create a chance. He actually created two in the final minutes of the game. Ziyech picking out Werner. He doesn't finish, but Giroud somehow, I was really impressed with how he got power on that header, considering how high arcing it is. He's got to get a header towards goal, as Arlo White calls it, the meaty French forehead of Olivier Giroud, delivering the handsome man, delivering in the big moment. And as you said, a variety of players can cause problems. The attack can come from so many different angles, and I think we've seen in these last few games how, yeah, it might not always look pretty, but Chelsea are always going to grind out at least a chance to get that result. That forehead extra meaty because there was actually product in it this time. (laughs) wasn't in Newcastle. I know we were all wondering, oh no, it's a good look. How does he somehow look more handsome without (laughs) hair product? Yet he gets back to his home country, puts his hand in a tube of gel, 
puts it on his amazing God-given lettuce. The guy's, I mean, just... <laughs> Got it going on. This is, this is the well, kind of analysis you come to Chelsea Mike'd up for. The product oh yeah, don't versus worry. We're, we'll get you your we'll, we'll get you your promo code in a little bit. But if you will allow me, let me just salivate over the meaty French forehead of the <laughs> handsome man, Olivier Giroud. Instinctual, in the right place. You're right. I don't know how he gets that much pace behind that ball, uh, being that it was a deflection. It, it seemed as though it was served up for him on a silver platter, as if Hakeem Ziyech delivered it himself directly to his forehead. It's kind of wild that that took a save, uh, actually, and found its way there. Ziyech, I guess maybe that's what I'm doing, because the switch that we flipped was the Ziyech uh, switch, because finding Chilwell off of that set piece, that beautiful left foot that everybody talks about so much, perfect service, Chilwell should probably do better. He was beating himself up on his way back down the other end, and uh, Giroud gets a, a stoppage time winner, and you get three points. It's not hugely important for Chelsea to win this group, but that's what the expectations are now at Chelsea. You win your group in the Champions League. Last year was just, hey, let's get to the knockout rounds. It's going to come down to possibly that match against Sevilla. I know that Krasnodar once again brings it and makes it tough, and Sevilla at the death give us this massive match away to Sevilla where to the winner go the spoils in that one. But we'll see what happens exactly there. Let's talk a little bit about the player you highlighted earlier on, which is Mason Mount. And trust me, I will get you your promo code. I promise. <laughs> I promise. That pass to Callum Hudson-Odoi, really all the Academy products really brought it in this first half, which made me feel like Chelsea were bored because I don't know if they've gotten used to getting clean sheets, but... It kind of felt like the game was over when Chelsea went up 1-0 just because of what we've seen recently. And Edouard Mendy was fantastic once again, despite uh, not having clean sheet up against his former team. Mason Mount, look, this guy's been polarizing. I myself have been a little harder on this player uh, because a lot of counterattacks last year died at his feet. However, if he's operating out of the midfield, doing the hard work, Bringing that motor, that tenacity, that selflessness in the midfield that Frank Lampard and Garrett Southgate have both gone on the record and said they loved. In fact, we have a, a bit of audio here from Chelsea's manager, Super Frank Lampard, on what Mason Mount brings to the table. And it's now becoming a running joke here on Chelsea Mic'd Up. Let's, uh, let's savor the sound. I think we have a huge fan base and you talk about England and the social media world has changed the face of how people critique or look at football. And everyone, it's very easy for somebody to sit on a, on a phone and make very harsh statements. With Mason, I think I said this before the last game, and he, I think there can go something about him that maybe he looks clean cut. I think he's doing one advert at the minute where he takes his top off. That's about as edgy as Mason gets. He doesn't do too many triple step overs and flicks over the back of his head in areas that he shouldn't do. He makes really efficient, clean, uh, sharp passes. He presses as well as any midfield player that I've worked with or, or played alongside and does a, a hundred things uh, within his game that impress the managers that he works for. So I think he's very easy and casual because he hasn't got an Instagram reel of, of those kind of flicks and if it's different type of football. I think it's easy that people can bracket him off. Um, I certainly don't. And when I say that, I don't want to add fuel to the fire of me being, him being my son because I've just been so positive about him because I know Mason has got a lot to improve on and then that's what takes you on to his attitude and his desire to improve. He can score more goals, he can make more assists, um, but he's a quality, quality football player who's only going to get better. Was that a denial? I'm, I'm just, I'm just, was it, was it a denial? I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. One thing I am sure of is Frank Lampard absolutely has a burner account 
I mean, <laughs> he has to. He has to. You have a younger player in Mason Mount, and he seems, if you follow him on social media, he seems smart with it. He seems to know what's being said about him. He's savvy enough to give the right quotes when asked about it, but this is a younger player. Sensibilities have changed. It's harder to tune out the noise of the noises ever present. Now that he is playing what seems to be his natural position, you are seeing a larger step in the growth and development of Mason Mount. All too often, that development seemed to flatline last year, sometimes dip. But now it seems as though we're on a pretty steady upward trajectory when it comes to Mason Mount. All that is missing from this player, because he does so many wonderful things that coaches, I'm sure, love, that a lot of players don't like doing, and that's what really sets him apart. All that's missing is a little bit more consistent effort on the attacking. And it's not running. Just take the time with your ball at your feet. Make the right crisp pass. And he does to Callum hudson at Doy. If he can bring that to the table once or twice a game, then you have a Premier League midfielder that is going to be locked into the first team for several years to come. A guy that's going to be locked into his international side in England for several years to come. He does all the other things so well, all the hard things. If he can just tap into manager has your back, you don't have to have all the pressure on the world on your shoulders every time you have a ball at your feet to start a counterattack. Just be patient, see, see ball, hit ball. And Mason Mount is finally starting to make some real strides in that direction. And now we got ourselves a brilliant player if he can continue this upward trajectory. And that work, obviously, is what sets him apart, right, from youth level, from all these other players. But it ultimately has to come with some quality. And I think the one player that you didn't mention that kind of eases the burden is Kai Havertz, right? Because remember, last year, when he played as the number 10, Mason Mount needed to bring quality, needed to bring chance creation and goal scoring. But if Kai Havertz is in the same lineup with Mason Mount, that kind of lessens that burden. All that you want to see, and look, he had a chance against Newcastle that he could have put away, and he didn't, right? That's what you want to see is, as you mentioned, late arriving runs in the box, making the right pass, and, and putting away chances with some quality. That's what we haven't seen so far on a regular enough basis for Mason Mount, which isn't to say that he doesn't have a good delivery from a dead ball. Obviously, he scores a massive goal against Wolves that up secures your Champions League status for this season, which is why we're talking about a Champions League game to begin with. But you tack on the beginning of the goal, right, is him winning the ball defensively. Then spotting a run over the top, playing a perfect ball into Callum Hudson-Odoi and Callum Hudson-Odoi finishing. The beginning of that, which is the defensive work and then the spot and then the playing of the ball. That's what you want from Mason Mount. That's ultimately what he can provide. And if he does that on a consistent basis, then as you said, he's away. His Premier League career, which has already gotten off to a great start because he has the backing of Frank Lampard, only kind of is further cemented. It kind of felt last year that we needed a little bit more of a goal scoring punch from him. That's not the case anymore. Last year, it kind of felt like we weren't going to finish top four if we didn't get double-digit goal contributions from Mason Mount. Now, you've brought in the likes of Hakeem Ziyech, Timo Werner, a more fit Chelsea number 10, Tammy Abraham, Mr. November once again in that goal-scoring form, and Kai Havertz. You don't need Mason Mount to feel the pressure of, I need to be a double-digit goal scorer for this team to be successful. What they need to be successful is exactly what he's given them. What he gave them against Wren. One moment. Timo Werner did not have it cooking. A nightmarish first half. I mean, you can't get on Timo too much. What, do you want him to score in six consecutive games? <laughs> it's, you're, you're allowed the occasional dip in form if other people pick you up. It's harder to do when Kai Havertz is on the bench 
The likes of N'Golo Kante on the bench, Christian Pulisic not fully fit, Hakim Ziyech not there. You kind of were hoping that Timo could give it to you for yet another game. You didn't have it cooking, but who was there to pick you up? The Academy products. This is a lot different than last year. Last year, you were leaning on these. You needed Callum Hudson-Odoi to be there when Christian Pulisic was out with injury. You needed him scoring goals. You needed Mason Mount being brilliant, and you couldn't suffer the frustration of, oh, no, you shinned it. Now you're fine. They can play freer knowing that that pressure isn't on them. I know it's tougher to say because there's so much class now and playing time seems harder. And we're seeing that with Olivier Giroud, Chris, as I pivot over to the handsome man. Yes. A handsome man. We, we spoke about it a little bit last week in the episode when we broke down what Chelsea did over the international break. He's inching towards that Thierry Henry, all-time French leading goal scorer for the men's side. He wants more regular playing time. Ever since all those reports started leaking out, Frank Lampard has put Olivier Giroud in the game. With hair gel or without, Olivier Giroud <laughs> has made appearances twice now in the two available games since the international break. You and I are in agreement. There is still a role here for Olivier Giroud. Olivier Giroud, I think we can all sort of understand if he wants regular match-in, match-out appearances as he gets prepared for what seems to be his final run with the uh, French national team in his chase and pursuit of that Henri record. I really hope... Chelsea continue to reward him like Frank Lampard has done. It almost seems as though Frank Lampard's trying to prove to him, no, please don't go. There's a role here for you. I will find a way. It's easier to find a way when Havertz is out, when Pulisic is out, when you're given a, a rotational day to Callum hudson Adoy and Hakim Ziyech. I mean, what an embarrassment of riches to have him on the bench. With Pulisic healthy, though, and Kai Havertz healthy, I don't really see where the minutes are for this player, Chris. Yeah, and I think, as you mentioned, there is a role, right? Particularly now that you've secured your qualification, right, to, to the next round of the Champions League. I think if you're looking at a games for Giroud to start, it would be the next two in the Champions League against Krasnodar and against Sevilla, depending on how seriously you want to approach that game against Sevilla to go and win the group. But you're playing every three days, right? It's basically, I think, like 10 games until the end of December. It's a bonkers number of games that you have coming up. You want to get Giroud involved, but if Tammy Abraham is playing well, and if Timo Werner is playing well, you can kind of split that striker position between the two of them, and as you mentioned, kind of the, the, the shrinking spaces around them with the number of attacking options that you have, it's hard, man. Just as it's hard, by the way, at centre-back, when, you know, you have Thiago Silva doesn't play the Newcastle game, so it's Rudiger who starts, but what happens with Christensen and Tamori? You got five guys for two spots. It's hard. So, Frank Lampard is... I think done a really good job of management here to, in the press, say, I really value Olivier Giroud, but ultimately I think players like him value value based off of the amount of minutes that they receive, and particularly, as you've said, he really wants to play for Didier Deschamps at, in, in the Euros with the French national team. It's hard to really see that clear route to starting on a regular basis with as well as Timo and Tammy are playing right now. You came to this podcast, many of you, for a promo code. You want that Christian Pulisic Thanksgiving giveaway. You want that jersey. And I promise you, I will give you that promo code in just a little bit. <laughs> Newcastle, let's turn our focus to this briefly because it's a pretty boring match to watch. I actually low-key kind of think maybe this result is a little bit different if Callum Wilson makes an appearance. There was uh, one opportunity there that you think Wilson puts away, but thankfully you don't have to deal with the pure Newcastle cut. Yeah, put away the boogeymen. And you line yourself up now third. You were top of the table briefly. 
but now you are third headed into the biggest match of your season so far against your most fierce rival in the Premier League. I know historically arguments for Fulham because uh, the West London Derby and all that and Arsenal probably would, depending on your age, many would say it's Arsenal. Chelsea occupied this very strange bit of real estate because they're like Fulham's biggest rival, but their biggest rivals, they're never the other team's biggest rival. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tottenham, they're always going to hate Arsenal with the intensity of 10,000 suns, right? They're starting to hate Chelsea just as much. And the Jose Mourinho element, I know you and I have had back and forth on this, that's certainly added fuel to this fire. But for me, the biggest Chelsea rival is always who seems to be at the top of the table because historically Chelsea are always chasing that title. I've always hated Tottenham. Always hated Tottenham. And in recent history, it seems as though the players don't like each other either. Having gone to this fixture, I'm willing to say this is presently Chelsea's fiercest rival managed by their former two-time manager, two-time league-winning manager, Jose Mourinho, as a neutral, Chris Whittingham. Before we give the listening audience a promo code, <laughs> what can you tell us about this rivalry through your neutral eyes? Yeah, I mean, we experienced it in person. You, you mentioned it. There was a red card in the game. Son Hung-min got sent off in that game, and I remember how controversial that was. There was controversy in the aftermath of, of that one as well for things that the Spurs fans said. So uh, we know, right? When the So we met the away fans. We were there with the away fans. They rounded a corner led by police horses, and, and like you just feel the weight of, oh, my God. Like This is even bigger than I thought. Uh, and, and for me, it's kind of based off of, you know, the region, how close the clubs are. But Jose, for me, has elevated this to another level. His dynamic with Frank Lampard, you go back 15 years and, you know, Jose really gave Frank Lampard a ton of confidence. And there's this famous story of him in a shower uh, and Jose basically says, you're the effing man. And like, he, he like he's really trying to G up Frank Lampard. Whereas now he's kind of, you know, thrown some shade in Frank's direction about how he used a back three on two occasions against Tottenham uh, to beat him. And he basically said, well, it's the Conte system, right? He's basically saying that wasn't Lampard's idea that was Conte's idea he's always going to needle his opponents and so uh, for me the the added layers of storyline plus the fact that now this is really the first game this season that we know is in the title race right through eight or nine games you have a picture what the league looks like Tottenham one Chelsea three we know this is a title race game and I think that only adds an extra bit of stakes our interview segment is going to be with Mina Kimes and Sun Min Kimes Mina Kimes, obviously, you, you know about her. If you're an American sports fan, she is a superstar in American sports media. Has the best American football podcast on the planet, I think. The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny. Lenny is her dog. Follow her on social <laughs> media if you want to know more about Lenny. But they are Tottenham fans. Their entire family is South Korean, and they are huge fans of Sun. And they followed him over to Spurs, and they've become Spurs diehards. You would think that'd be enough for me to write them off entirely. However... The charm of Sun Min Kimes is too much to overcome. It is a must-follow on Twitter. The Ted Lasso of Twitter accounts, really. It's just a positive beam of light in your life. Welcome it. So we'll have a nice civil conversation about this rivalry, then we'll kick them out of here, and we'll get intense in the final segment. We'll ratchet up the banter. We'll tell you some damning stats if you're a Tottenham supporter, and we'll get you hyped for the biggest match of the season so far. Okay. All right. Predictably, I did it towards the end of the first segment. I'm a radio pro. This is old school. All right. I'm building up TSL. Tell the, the listening audience one more time exactly how 
they win this jersey. Now, Christian Pulisic posted a video at Chelsea FC in USA on Twitter, and he said, tweet the code word that you hear on Chelsea Mic'd Up. And we're going to give you the code word right now. So put it in the replies on that tweet. I imagine there'll be a lot of spamming of this tweet, of this one phrase. Mike, give it to him. Okay. It's a phrase. It's not just a single word. Yeah. But it'll show up as one. Yes. Put it in caps. God, don't ever give me this power ever again, <laughs> folks. Find folks over at Chelsea. This is just... I've, I've spent 80 minutes recording exactly this because I'm feeling the pressure and anger from the listening audience. But here it goes. I hope this works. I hope you're okay with this. And I hope Christian is too. But he was rocking the sick beard. He looks damn good in a beard. So here it goes nothing. I should talk like a secret agent, right? Yeah. The secret phrase is bearded eagle. This message will now self-destruct. Yeah, we're big Ethan Hunt guys over here on Chelsea Mike Up. So, reply to that video with the phrase, Bearded Eagle. And hopefully, you win this Christian Pulisic jersey. Heavily in demand here, all across across the world. I, I actually have the number 10 uh, Christian Pulisic. Yeah, I'm I made jealous. a purchase myself. Yeah, I made a purchase. Well, it's been... It's a highly controversial third. Oh, kit. you got the palace kit. Yeah. Well, hey, don't say the palace kit. I will. I will. I will choke the life out of you with my bare hands. Palace is red. This is. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not 100%. It's an entirely different color. It's it's totally different. It's reddish. It's pinkish. It's. Look, man, just get over the whole palace thing. You you know how this whole thing started. We all saw the leaks on the Twitter account. It made it look a lot redder than it, it was. Did. It did. And then it comes out, and then I see a bunch of people tweeting, well, I guess I might have to cop this if so-and-so scores. And then you pick a goal scorer that you knew would score, and then you're copping this jersey. Don't act like this isn't an instant classic, okay? Ten years down the line, you're going to go to a music festival. Everyone's going to be rocking the number 10 <laughs> third kit from 2020. Load up on your 2020 merch because it's kind of the year you want to remember, folks. So, once again, promo code Bearded Eagle. We talk to the Kimes family next. Get the latest Chelsea news straight to your phone. Download the Fifth Stand app, the official Chelsea app. Uh, Chris Whittingham, I feel like I should have addressed the fact that Chelsea formally qualified and advanced in the UEFA Champions League. On to the knockout rounds. A bit of a formality. We kind of knew that off of the last result, but yep. here we are. Hey, hey, Sunmin Kimes, all right, already <laughs> chiming in because she's an expert. Sunmin, let me do the proper introduction. That is Sunmin Kimes. If you don't know her Twitter account, we're going to explain it all to you. She is the mother of Mina Kimes, ESPN media megastar. You can watch her on NFL Live, highly questionable. She has, for my money, and I'm not blowing smoke here, the best American football podcast in the country, so make sure to check it out. The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny. Lenny is her dog. These two are Tottenham fans, and we're obviously the official Chelsea podcast, so we're going to fight each other. Not exactly. They're two of the most pleasant human beings in the world, and this is a family deal for the Kimes family. Their love for Tottenham Hotspur stretches back a few years, and for those that don't know, Mina and her mom are Korean. And Tottenham's Player of the Month in the Premier League is also Korean and Hunmin Son. Mina, I've spoken to you privately about what Son means to South Korea, but for the uninitiated listening in, exactly how big of a megastar is he in this country? He could probably 
run for president and win, right, mom? I mean, (laughs) there's nothing that Koreans love more than an international superstar who's, you know, excelling and thriving beyond the, the small country and Sun at this point is one of the most accomplished and successful Korean athletes of all time, not just the present tense. So Koreans everywhere are extraordinarily proud of him, myself included. And I came to fandom through my mom and my brother, who I believe really embraced the team because of him. Mom, you can correct me if that's wrong. Oh, that's true. I love soccer because you and Isaac been playing from what, age five? Yeah, And that's all the way right. through high school. So we've been, after that, just been watching soccer here and, here and there pretty much every four years, the World Cup. And and then um, Isaac just uh, told me about Tottenham because Son Hung Min was there. So I said, oh, sure, I'll check it out. And I just instantly fell in love with, uh, not just with the player, but just whole team. And Probably at the time that manager Pachet and I liked them instantly, and so I just became a Tottenham fan. So it's been about seriously three years now, and just just love it. <laughs> now, Sunmin, I'm a, a devoted follower of your Twitter account. It's become a sneaky must-follow for the soccer community. You've been blessed uh, with the uh, apparent co-sign of Grant Wall, America's greatest soccer journalist, saying you are... <laughs> an absolute must follow. And while it's wholesome, there are also some very diehard observations here. Like you are deep in the weeds. You're watching Carabao Cup matches early on. You're watching the championship. Any soccer that is on, you are passionately devoted. Whatever, how do you do this? Do you just say uh, soccer into a smart remote and just be whisked away? No, not really. I just don't know much about, even though I've been following and I've been watching and I just kids or soccer players, but I really don't know in-depth, you know, knowledge about soccer. I just love it. I think it's just a beautiful game. And whenever it's possible, Europa, Carabao, FA, any soccer games on TV, of course, the championship too, but um, just I watch and then I observe the players and just love of the uh, chemistry and not just the passing or deep ball or take on goal. And I'm mean, just, just love it. <laughs> just love it. <laughs> I mean, have you, have you developed a similar infectious kind of joy around <laughs> the game because of your mom? I feel like, it, like it's amazing. Her, her most recent tweet is about Alex McCarthy, the Southampton goalkeeper. I'm like, it's astounding <laughs> to me. I love that. Yeah. So I, um, my mom alluded to the fact that my brother and I played. I feel like I have a very nerdy, uncool image at our network, which belies the fact that I was on our varsity soccer team in high school, but everyone acts like I'm this like, you know, Urkel over here. I did play, um, not obviously not at the college level, but, um, I've always enjoyed watching, but for me, I, I certainly don't watch as much as my mom, largely because my job is to watch American football and that consumes so much of my time. So it's really just about, you know, the, the really big Tottenham games, including the, obviously the one we have coming up. 
and, uh, you know, the World Cups and that sort of thing. We were in London for this match uh, last season at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And I was just, I expected uh, a lot of Koreans in town with, with sun jerseys, but I was blown away by the sheer number. This is a tourist destination uh, throughout the country. It's, it's like, it's a religious experience for many there. They are they are devoted, but Mina, as you outlined, this is a, a massive match here. This is number one versus number three in the table. Both clubs really see that they are, are true title contenders. There's a, a lane open. Liverpool probably isn't the same mega power. And with the injuries, now a lot of teams think they're in it. So you guys are generally pleasant family, but are there <laughs> is there bad blood between the the Kimes family and Chelsea FC. Well, one thing that makes me happy is I, you know, um, I am a Pulisic. Oh God, I'm, I struggle with his name. Fan. So do Pulis- so, Pulis- so do the English, Mina. It's <laughs> okay. Pulisic. Well, as an American, I'm thrilled with it, you know, and so I'm glad to not have to root against him in this in this one. I don't really chop it up with Chelsea supporters. Mom, my mom definitely doesn't talk trash, but I would love to hear mom about your confidence level going into this. Like, what, t- tell us why you think Tottenham can, should, will win this one. Chelsea is right now really concentrating on defense, and I love to see that. And unfortunately, Toby got injured, so I don't know uh, they're going to bring. Davinson on or I don't know, but uh, I think Chelsea and Tottenham here will be interesting match and really hard to predict. But Chelsea, man, you are GH. I cannot even pronounce his name, but uh, he's a Moroccan and Mo- oh, yeah, and you you just have so many ones. And then I this Sunday, uh, it will be very interesting. Whenever we have guests on from, you know, whichever walk of life, we ask them to give us their, their thoughts on Christian Pulisic. I don't want that. I want your Sun Hung Min scattering report. I want, like, what, what, how has he been so good this season? It's nine goals in nine games in the Premier League. He's been incredible with Harry Kane. How is he so yeah. good? I think that's all boiled down to also Jose's um, strategy because uh, 2016, Kane didn't assist much, only one or two. This year, 2019-20, he assisted five. So mm. finally, I think Jose figured it out. Kane can do not just a striker or attacker. He can do like a, what used to Christian Eriksen did it a little bit. He's a, yeah. He was an architect. But now, I think there is absent. And I think just uh, he figured it out. Harry can do this and that. And drop back and then when he needs it to go just fast, you know, go to the front end. And just really love to see that dynamics and the linking up and the changes. And I just love to see that. So it's an interesting change. I must admit, Sun Min, it, it's very difficult for me to watch Jose Mourinho manage <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, you had him two times. So. I had him twice. Uh, yeah, he twice. Did you like his cameo Mikey, on Mikey, Ted Lasso, though? Uh, I am a devoted follower of Jose Mourinho, and he went to, I mean, it was either that or Arsenal, but he went to mm. one of the clubs that you you just break my heart going there. And I should, I really enjoy him losing. I get a kick <laughs> out of that. But when he does what he did against Pep Guardiola and has yeah. this defensive like masterclass, it? I can't help but fall in love all over again because I see 
It's like the old the old high school flame, and you lock eyes, and you realize just like it was a terrible relationship, and it had very low lows. But man, the loving was good. My friend's enemy is so your friend. <laughs> anyway, um, I didn't quite. I was after because I loved Pachi so much, and then after he got sacked, I mean, he came about eleven hours later, and I said, "Wow, what's going on?" And um, I'm sure the levy was a uh, thinking for a long time but and then i just he seemed a little bit um jezebel judas (laughs) pachi was so sweet he had like such a sweet way about him right mom like he's so we're talking about pachi i thought we were still on Mourinho, which is why i went i was gonna ask about this Uh, did you you guys enjoy the all or nothing on amazon prime oh after chris after i saw that watched the whole nine episode i knew found out He's he's a yeah top person. I I mean, just many there's many top managers, staffers, <laughs> but he he is one of them. I really liked uh, when I watched the, the, the halftime talk and his encouragement to each you know the players and especially when he asked Delhi, are you Delhi or your Delhi's brother? I mean, it's just kind of I mean, just just oh. just fun, and I liked it. So I kind of started liking him. <laughs> it's always fun. Uh, yeah, at is. the beginning, at the beginning, uh, year, we'll year two, year. especially year two, <laughs> it gets to be real fun. And then somewhere along year three, uh, the jokes are wearing thin uh, and, and players don't respond. But it's actually great to see Harry Kane sort of reinvent himself, committed know, more to the I defensive know. end, committed more to being this distributor. And Son is become like the goal scoring star. Yeah. Right, for right. this mm-hmm. team, he has a, a legitimate shot at, at player of the season. Mina, Jose Mourinho is obviously this uh, the, this transcendent figure in, in the mm. world of sports over there. Is there an American football comp to you know, Jose it's, Mourinho? It's funny because when my mom was talking about him and sort of his personality, I was thinking about how different he is from Pete Carroll. We root for the Seattle Seahawks, and the, you could not have two more different coaches Pete Carroll, for those who are listening and don't follow American football, is this kind of like new age players coach, exerts positivity, everything's always happy, you know, whatever. So Mourinho, I think Mourinho really benefited from All or Nothing, by the way, because I think people did see that other side of him. And also from the time off, I guess I would compare him to like, mm, trying to think of someone in the NFL Honestly, he, I, I think the comp is in college football. Yeah, he, he, he yeah. seems more like a a college like a football type. Jim of, uh, Harbaugh or a Dabo, Har- like a meaner Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> I, I once sat I once sat behind Jim Harbaugh at a Yankee game, and I thought uh, the pleated pants and the glasses and the whole like nineteen fifties vibe it was a bit of an act. And then I sat behind him, and he he chased every ball, every Brings foul the ball glove to the games. Yeah, it's, it, it's legit. And um, yeah. it made me reevaluate a lot in terms of preseason <laughs> rankings. Uh, M- Mina and Sun Min, by the way, follow Sun Min Kimes on Twitter. Sun like the sun, Min like Mina, but without the A. Kimes, same last name. You know, oh, Mina you're Kimes. Still oh, you're going to, I mean, through the roof, the follower count. I hope it's, so. It's like she's, uh, a, it's, she's a Twitter celebrity now. Oh, yeah, she's big time. She's like, uh, her observations are pleasant, light. But full of knowledge. It's like if uh, Magic Johnson knew what he was talking about. 
Oh, my. <laughs> Sunmen, thank you so much. We look forward to this uh, this game and the banter afterwards. Unfortunately yes, for uh, for you guys, I am feeling mildly confident entering wow. this match. Oh, wow. uh, once, once you're Once you're in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and you win when everyone thinks you're actually going to lose. The the good thing here is Williams actually no longer with Chelsea. Plays for the he, other rivalry. he plays for Arsenal, so maybe the, their fans and supporters, maybe we'll find someone new that hates Tottenham in this match. Um, and I'm interested to see if uh, Christian Pulisic makes an appearance off the bench, and that'll be interesting if Christian Pulisic... You think so? He will? He, uh, there's, I thought he wasn't playing. At time of recording, it's Frank Lampard said he uh, <laughs> is probably, in all likelihood, going to be available off the bench oh. in mm. this match. So it'll be like, interesting when, like Pulisic, when Pulisic meets uh, Hunman San. Yeah, uh, the, that'll be fun. It'll be real fun. That's how uh, I was born. Mina <laughs> and Sunmin, I, I can't thank you guys enough for taking the time out to join us here on oh, the official Chelsea thanks podcast. Thanks for having us. Chelsea thanks for having us. Oh, Sunmin, you, I am a devoted follower of yours. And oh, will continue my, to be. I will so preach sweet. a good word. You're so kind. And if you guys, if you guys miss the promo code, it's Bearded Eagle. If you want that free Christian Pulisic jersey, uh, Sunmin and Mina, thank you guys so much. Worst of luck headed into Sunday's <laughs> matchup. Uh, <laughs> right. Top of the table on the line. Thank you guys so much. Bye, bye, Mike, and bye, Chris. Thanks for having us. Damn that Kimes family for injecting me with so much positivity. Let's get negative. Because I don't like these guys. I don't like their faces. I don't like their players. I don't like their tactics. I don't like that the manager left us. You don't like their tactics? I figured you'd love their tactics. No, 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 no. I don't like their tactics now because I have one of those fun teams to watch, Chris. Get on board. Uh, here's, Listen, here, we, get, get on board. I've yeah, been on board. Chris, here, here's, here's the program that it, you need to get with. I am a raging hypocrite. <laughs> None of my words matter. I just want my team to win, ultimately. And I think everyone can get behind that notion and unjustly, I said the manager left. He was fired his last go around here. He's entitled to go to any club he wants, except for that one, because <laughs> I hate that one. That's right. It's Spurs week. We got a massive match, the match of the year right now in the Premier League. I got so used to this being year in and year out, Liverpool versus City. No longer the match of the year because... City's not very good. So what's, what's going on there? Either way, we'll get it. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Right now, number one, number three in the table, two teams with legitimate title aspirations. This isn't a joke. We're we're coming up here on December, folks, and Liverpool isn't the dominant force that they were. Credit to them for surviving all the injuries. Actually, Klopp's doing a really good job this year, but they have stiff competition in the likes of Tottenham and, of course, the likes of Chelsea. Now, we will see exactly how real this is from Tottenham. For Harry Kane, this is a player that if you look at his age, you're constantly surprised because you kind of feel like he's been in the Premier League for ages. But I think even in watching him, despite his age uh, being a, a still a surprisingly young age, he's very clearly a different sort of player now. You're starting to witness the aging process of Harry Kane, and so far so good for Harry Kane he is doing defensive work that kind of reminds me of Drogba. He is now starting attacks. Son, 
Son has been brilliant. Uh, Player of the Month in the Premier League, that partnership with Kane, uh, Kane sort of seeding the floor in terms of insane goal-scoring output. I don't know what percentage Harry Kane was responsible for the last time Tottenham felt like they had a shot at the title, which was ripped away by Eden Hazard. Go back into our archives. Listen to Orla White talk about that goal with us. It was a, a real treat. So, Harry Kane... Aging beautifully. I like the player that he's becoming. The distributions really improved immensely from Harry Kane. Son is a terrifying player every time we play against him when he's not re- resorting to dirtbag tactics. So <laughs> <laughs> this is a big match. This is a big match. And our manager, Frank Lampard, Super Frank Lampard, has gotten the better of Jose Mourinho outside of that Carabao goal that uh, I'm sure might be replayed because this was one of three goals. It's uh, 33.3% of the goals Edouard Mendy has uh, allowed uh, Eric Lamella, who's also not one of my favorites, and Lo Celso, definitely not one of my... Man, they got a lot of guys on this team, Chris. (laughs) I'm trying my best after this Kimes family. There are a lot of guys on this team that I do not like. Is there anyone you do? I feel like like that would be the shorter list. That would be the more noteworthy list. Is there anyone you do like? No, 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 there's no one. There's no one on this team that I like. There's no one Fair on this enough. team. Who, who do you like as a neutral? Who should I be fearing? Because I think Dyer's coming off of one of his best performances. Now they are dealing with a bit of an injury that might give you a, a more diluted version of Eric Dyer. What can you tell us about the uh, 11 you think Tottenham is entering this match with? Pierre-Emil Hoiberg is probably the player who's, you know, been the most consistent. was kind of an underrated signing, right? Just 15 million pounds. You bring him in from Southampton. It's like, why? Is he just going to be another number in there? And then he's gone and started every game. So he kind of dictates the tone from midfield. As you mentioned, Son and Kane. It's really the combination of the two of them because Kane has kind of played a bit more withdrawn this year. I'll be curious how Chelsea handled this. So Kane comes back, receives the ball, and he's pinging passes in behind. And Son is almost acting as the player furthest forward, trying to run off the back shoulder. And I kind of wonder if they stick him down that right-hand side, trying to run in that channel in between Thiago Silva and Ben Chilwell. Thiago Silva is obviously so good positionally, but you wonder, from a raw pace standpoint, can Kane pick out a pass at some point in this game that unlocks this defense? Because he's actually the one from a passing standpoint that's been the biggest threat. So from an attacking point of view, that's what you'll get. I'll be curious how defensive Jose is in this game, away from home against Chelsea. They were incredibly defensive against City, but it worked. They clogged every passing lane. There was nothing. It was the most Jose performance I've ever seen, and fair play, because it worked to absolute perfection. City created almost nothing in that game, but they're basically playing with a defensive line of six, right? I mean, you rarely see that from a club like Spurs. I wonder if they approach the game in the same way against Chelsea and try and catch them on the break. I mean, that's generally been their big game approach, but maybe they come out and and, and they're a bit more aggressive. We haven't seen that work with Chelsea this season, trying to set back defensively. Maybe Jose is the the type of manager to find success there, but I'm kind of hoping he does that. Every time he tries to outsmart the opposing manager, he ends up playing himself here in recent history against Frank Lampard. I'm really worried about the center-back pairing. While Dyer was very good, that that injury to uh, Toby Alderweireld, that's going to be a big injury. I'm not exactly sure. They, they have so much strength from their center-back pairing this year, a lot like Chelsea. They finally found the combination that worked. And now with that injury, I don't know who's going to be the, the opposite center-back next to Eric Dyer. I don't even know if we see Dyer. Maybe they, they work best in unison, and if you, if you take one out, it dilutes the entire center-back pairing. So not the best 
way to enter this match. I think that would be the wrong approach for Tottenham, really. Try to enter this match and be defensive-minded when you're not certain what sort of defensive hand you have. I think you got to unleash Son. I think you got to bring the fight to Chelsea, really test that back line. It's looked a little flimsier here recently than it has um, a few cracks. It's certainly not the days of Kepa, but test Mendy. This is Mendy's first uh, London derby against Spurs. See if you can tap into that dirtbaggedness that uh, <laughs> that Jose Mourinho likes to preach in that locker room. This is a London derby. I imagine there's going to be meaty tackles. I think this is going to be an exciting match. I think both teams score. And here is the play predictor prediction early on because I'm just too jazzed up about this match. It's a trademark, vintage, 2-1. Chelsea. Mm. I think uh, I think there's going to be late drama. I think this is a great matchup for Chelsea. You have some academy products. I know what this is all about. You had them go into Tottenham Hotspur Stadium last year where it felt like, oh no, this is a, a big match and Jose Mourinho's got all this momentum. I know it's year two for Jose Mourinho. I don't think it's a title winning year two for Jose Mourinho. I think they're going to finish top four. I think they're going to be in this title hunt. I think they're the real deal. But I also believe that of Chelsea. And Chelsea, in recent history, and beyond that, they just absolutely own Tottenham at Stamford Bridge. So I'm going to one, and we'll get to your play predictor game prediction. You can tell the people how to play that. Once you recite for me some damning stats about this rivalry, Chris, because I kind of knew Chelsea owned them at the bridge, but I didn't know to which extent. And it is ugly. I cannot believe how bad this is. In recent times, Chelsea have won the last three Premier League games against Spurs. But in all competitions, last 34 games at Stamford Bridge, Chelsea's record is 22 wins, 11 draws, one loss to Tottenham Hotspur. In the last 34 games at Stamford Bridge, Tottenham have gone there and won once. I'm floored by that. I'm floored by that. Utter dominance with two teams that over the last... Five years since really Chelsea's last title win. They've been pretty even. These are two teams that are sort of Spider-Man memeing their way. uh, (laughs) Just like in the top four, just out of it, battling, jockeying for top four position. And for Chelsea to put up that dominance over a fierce rival. Man, they hate Chelsea. The feeling is mutual. Uh, This is one of those matches that you miss fans in the stands. And I know there's been uh, some developments there in regards to fans returning possibly to Stamford Bridge. A couple matches too late, it would seem, because this atmosphere, we went to this match at Tottenham Hotspur. This is electric when these two sides get in there. The players know it. They lean into it. You know Jose Mourinho from watching All or Nothing, how much stock he put into this match. You know how important it is to him. He does not want to lose to his greatest player. He'll tell people in the media all the time and readily admit, Frank Lampard's the best player I ever managed. Well, now he's managing opposite side of him. And say for that Carabao, uh, game that went to PKs. Frank Lampard's had the better of them at nearly every turn. So this is a massive match. I will never pick against Chelsea in this derby. I'm sorry. I will wear my bias, but I am at the edge of my seat waiting for the neutrals prediction here as this is a massive match, even for neutrals. This is, yeah. this is a, a, a title impacting match right here. It's one of the biggest matches of the year. So If you want to get in on making your own prediction, head over to the Fist Hand app and make your prediction in the Play Predictor game. You're eligible for all sorts of prizes if you nail the prediction. Chris, let's see if you can nail this one. What do you have? 
And uh, by the way, not to kind of big up my own predicting abilities, but I did last week predict Chelsea to Newcastle nil. So uh, I'm, I'm writing. Why, that's I'm, why you close. That's you hit an exacto. You get the headlining spot here. Writing a hot streak here. So I'm going to go for Chelsea one. Tottenham won. I think this is a draw. I think this is an immensely competitive game. And I have to be honest, I think by the end of it, Chelsea are going to feel pretty happy with a point. I think Tottenham are really going to come to the bridge and test Chelsea. I think Jose has a formula that is working right now with Son and Kane as well as they're playing. I think this is going to be a really tough game for Chelsea. And I think they'll be happy with a point at the end of it. Chelsea won. Tottenham won. Disappointed uh, (laughs) in hearing that. I I can't lie. Especially since... You and I were high-fiving. Don't, don't you forget it. We were high-fiving at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. <laughs> and that is when I pushed you to your absolute neutral observer limits because yeah. you were singing some catchy ditties over there. Uh, listen, nope. I, I, I lose myself in rooting against Jose Mourinho. There's nothing <laughs> I love more than rooting against Jose Mourinho. But, you know, I'm, I'm the neutral on the pod. I've got, I've got to present my, my unbiased opinion. The unsettled center back pairing, I think, is where this game is lost. And it is something that Chelsea can exploit. And maybe the bearded eagle can make an appearance. It seems as though he's going to be available for this match. Look, you can't start Christian Pulisic in this match. And I think I'm of the mindset that you can't. I think you got to keep starting Tammy Abraham until he gives you a reason not to at this point. He's been that good. Let's see how Christian can ease back into this lineup. I think it can be an impact sub. So that's my prediction. I think the Bearded Eagle checks into this game, makes an immediate impact, uh, maybe doesn't score this goal, but his impact is felt. Tests that back line, stretches that center back pairing in ways that maybe they weren't tested prior to him checking in. So I'm expecting a massive match. This is huge. This is huge. Emergency pod. Emergency pod? Is this an emergency pod pod situation? I think it's worthy. I think it's worthy of an emergency pod. If we win. Of course. Of course. Not if we lose, though. No. No, no, no. no. We're all in on the Sevilla game. Quick turnaround. It's a massive match in the the Champions League group stage. I mean, you can't... I only have so much energy. I'm just but a man, Chris. (laughs) But if they win. But if they win. Emergency pod? If they win. I'll see you Sunday. All right. Till we see you on Sunday, Chris. Up the Chelsea.